News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Hi, I'm Francis Cook. Welcome to the show. If you've ever dreamed of ditching the nine to five and becoming your own boss, you're not alone. There's a rising tide of people choosing to strike out on their own, whether that's as a freelancer, a contractor, or an entrepreneur who starts their own business. Different people have different ideas of how this will look in the future. Research by Intuit in 2010 predicted that by 2020, 40% of the US workforce would be freelance. Forbes is going one further, saying that it will reach 50% by 2020. Whatever the number, the experts think it's going to be big. It's not just foolhardy young people either. Statistics New Zealand recently released figures showing the number of Kiwis over 50 who are self-employed jumped 40% between 2001 and 2013. People over 65, the numbers have doubled. It seems everyone wants a piece of the so-called gig economy. But is it all roses? One of the hazards of going it alone is that, well, you're all alone. There's very little safety net and it's on you to make sure you succeed. So, do you have what it takes? And what can you do to improve your chance of success? News Talk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. I'm joined now by Richard Liu, founder and editor of NZ Entrepreneur, an online magazine for entrepreneurs and business builders. So we're seeing this growing trend towards more people becoming independent contractors or starting their own business. And in both instances, they're really becoming their own boss and making themselves responsible for finding work and what kind of work they take on. Now, this is something you did when you founded NZ Entrepreneur. So what pushed you towards this way of making a living? It's a pretty big question, Francis, but I'll give it a crack. <laughs> so um, NZ Entrepreneur is actually just the most recent in, in a number of businesses uh, that my wife and co-founder um, have been starting and, and running over the years, since the early 2000s. And it was quite simply a, a fact, the fact that we, we didn't want to live uh, a life where we were limited by choice in terms of uh, how our time was spent, you know, where we could work from. Uh, we wanted something bigger, um, and, and that that bigger vision, if you like, requires a, a, a different formula than the status quo, which was, you know, go to school, get a safe, secure job, work through to your 65, and then, you know, retire on the on the pension. So, NZ Entrepreneur is sort of I describe it as a fortuitous sort of in serendipitous end result of, of our own business building journey. Uh, and so we've learned a lot along the way. You know, our attitude was let's start this um, entrepreneurial uh, journey as young as possible for us in our, in our mid-20s. Mid um, and we did it while raising two, two kids as well. So we learned a lot. Wow, and doing it with a couple of kids as well. I hadn't realized uh, that. But it, it seems to have paid off for you so far. I mean, this is one of the few interviews where we're not sitting together in a studio because we're over Skype right now. You're in Wanaka. Uh, how great is that? Yeah, we feel pretty lucky. But again, we made our own luck. And again, you know, we, we set out uh, to actually build a business which enabled ourselves and our team members to work from wherever they wanted, whenever they wanted. And so um, we decided to um, relocate uh, at the beginning of 2016 from, you know, uh, We've been building the business in central Auckland, uh, Rimurera, um, for six or seven years. And we finally realised that we now have that opportunity through this vision to, to actually go and 
and set up somewhere else. So for us, we decided we wanted to get to know the South Island a bit better and enjoy the lifestyle benefits of being down here. But, you know, our, our team are dotted all around the country. Uh, and in fact, our art director is living in Bali. She's lived there for three and four years now. One of our business partners and finance director is based in Edinburgh, Scotland. So, you know, it really is possible today to do business um, in, a, in a quite a different way uh, where we're not restricted by geography. Uh, we're not tied to things like, um, you know, the office and, and the 45-minute commute each way. Again, it's, it's completely doable, but you have to be open to the, the possibility in the first place. Yes, and certainly a lot of people seem to be becoming more open to that because we're seeing this trend increasing. We're seeing estimates that in the U.S. by 2020, that's only a few years away, they think around 40% of the workforce will be freelance. Uh, some people say 50%. Do you think that's accurate, those sorts of numbers? Um, look, I, I'm not really qualified to, to make a judgment on their specific numbers, but certainly, yeah, absolutely. Pe people are looking for answers. There, there are a few things going on which, which I sort of think is leading to this perfect storm of economic, technological and I guess societal changes. And they're really starting to threaten our, our notion of traditional employment. So for instance, you know, a generation or two ago, uh, our grandparents, um, the war generation, they might have had a career which involved three or four different jobs in that career. Today, we know that uh, the average career is, is going to be involving for, for most people in the double digits at least. Um, and I think what's going to be increasingly prevalent is the notion of uh, employment being no longer um, a career which involves three to four jobs, but one where we're required to juggle three to four jobs at once. And, and what we're saying is things like um, globalization really affecting our, our ability to stand out um, because now as an employee, you're potentially competing not just with people in your town, city or country, but you're competing with people from overseas and, and often those people are, can, can do what you can do for a much lower wage. You, so things like that, we've got uh, increasing use of automation and the rise of AI, um, which, you know, if, if you're performing a function in your work which is easily re replicable or replaceable uh, through technology, then, you know, that, that's not so good for you as an employee. Yeah, so I guess the overall trend is definitely um, a fracturing of, of what used to be you know, seen as your, your long-term, full-time jobs into a myriad of smaller chunks, if you like, which can be outsourced, um, which can be automated. Um, and so I think people are, are going to be increasingly looking at a future where they're going to be starting to having to juggle multiple small little jobs or contracts and, and really being forced into becoming entrepreneurs as they have to go out and source those, uh, source those jobs, source the clients, um, you know, and employers. Mm, now, uh, for those who manage to pull it off, there's an obvious appeal to setting your own work hours and, and what work you do. Uh, I mean, just a few days ago, one of my colleagues at the Herald interviewed Larry Clark, who started his own Jamaican food business at 62. What inspired me to start a business at 62? something to do no seriously <laughs> um, I used to do plastering and then there's a lapse in the in the building trade I needed something else to do and I used to do a lot of cooking for my friends and somebody said why don't why don't I try cooking the advice I would give anybody who's 60 who wants to start a business do it if you're passionate about it 
do it. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be very hard. But if you're passionate about a thing, hard is just a challenge. And you just you rise to the challenge. Now, I find that absolutely inspiring, but I also imagine that when it comes down to actually doing this, it's not all that easy. So what are some of the hurdles people face on the way to trying to become their own boss? I think the biggest one is just self-belief, right? So for you to open up that being a, a, a potential reality for you, you first have to believe that it's possible and that you can do it. Now, um, if you are lucky enough to come from a family or you know people, uh, relations or friends or whatever it might be, who um, are entrepreneurs themselves, so they've built businesses and have, um, you know, maybe had some successes along the way, then that's cool. You know, you sort of get to see those people as they're doing something different. I wonder if it's possible. But for a lot of us, we, we don't have those people in our lives. And so there's just that, you know, sort of assumption. Well, you know, those entrepreneurs I'm reading about in, in media who are absolutely kicking butt and making heaps of money and it looks all very glamorous. I mean, there's a tendency, for, I think, for the average Kiwi to sort of go, well, that's just luck or that's them or that's not me and it's so far out of, so far out of my reality it's not possible. So I think that first one, the first barrier is that self-belief and as we say it as an entrepreneur, um, you know, you, you can do it. Um, other people just like you have done it uh, and will continue to do it. And then I think that the next is actually having uh, the guts to take action because again I, I alluded to this sort of supposed formula for success that our society has operated on for the last couple of generations which has been, you know, go to school, get that, uh, get a trade or profession behind you and a safe, secure job, buy a house, pay off the mortgage by the time you hit the pension and then downsize and without the pension. Now, that, that is increasingly looking like um, it's just not going to be a, a, a reality for, for the, well, my generation, Generation X, uh, the Ys and certainly, you know, our kids. We all know the problems that our country is having with housing affordability. Uh, you know, I, I doubt severely whether in 20 years' time, uh, when my generation reaches time and age, there will be a pension. So that whole formula is sort of being called into question. Times have changed. And to go against it, though, you have to have the guts to sort of say, um, actually, I'm not buying into that, you know. I think that maybe there is another way of doing things. And sometimes that means you're risking, you're, you're risking your reputation, you know, potentially you're going against what, the uh, collective wisdom of your parents and your family and your, you know, your social circles are saying, um, which is why the heck would you go out and take all that risk with no guarantee of success? Just do what the rest of us do and you'll be sweet. Yeah. But I think two of, the, two, two of the biggest challenges are, are those sort of internal questions. And once you sort of get past those and you actually decide, no, I am going to give this a crack, then it's really, um, that's half the battle, I think. The rest mm. of it's sort of just, yeah, um, it's learning the process after that. Yeah, so once you've got your head in the right space, and I imagine that would be huge, once you've got the headspace right and you're like, no, I'm going to give this a crack, I think I can do it. What about in terms of some of the skills that you've seen? Obviously, it, it, it can be different for everyone depending on what sort of business they're wanting to get into. But are there any general skills that help people out? Uh, business background or coding or anything like that? You know, we've met so many entrepreneurs from so many different backgrounds, and if we were to look at general skills that they all have in common, um, it would be very hard to put your finger on, uh, let's say, some of the, the things which you traditionally expect, such as, I don't know, being good with finance or having a being good at sales or, you know, so those sort of hard skills which maybe you learn through a learning institute or through, through your job, 
uh, or vocational training. So it's quite difficult to say, yes, everyone who um, can code is going to be a good entrepreneur or, or, or whatever. I think the commonality is really an attitude. Um, and, and in fact, you know, many of the entrepreneurs uh, who are really successful and having a great time, they had no idea how to go about doing what they wanted to bring, you know, to the world. But they didn't let it stop them. And that's the key thing. So um, the commonality, I think the common thread is that, you know, the successful entrepreneurs, they're very clear on what it is uh, that they're wanting to do for the world through their business. And, and it doesn't have to be in a big way. We don't all have to be changing the world. And, you know, you can it can be as small um, as simply doing the lawns, you know, in your local neighbourhood. Uh, and that's, you know, there's no judgment on what's more worthy. I think the key thing is, you know, does it work for you and is it helping you have um, a life more in line, in line with your vision uh, in terms of time, uh, peace of mind, uh, finance? Again, not really a, a short answer to that, that question. Sorry, Francis. No, there were always uh, big <laughs> topics that we're trying to drill into in 10 minutes. So you're doing great so far. Um, have you met anyone who's started out on this journey i mean for, for many people you'll hear stories of they had three unsuccessful businesses before their fourth good one or, or something like that is there anything in particular that tends to trip people up uh everything <laughs> um so it's it's sort of like a case of you don't know what you don't know uh, until you start um, and, and one of the first things that happens when you decide I'm no longer going to be an employee, but I actually want to go now create my own business and potentially become an employer, uh, especially in the early days, it's generally just you yourself, the entrepreneur, and maybe if you're lucky, a founding partner or two. And uh, one of the first things that happens is you realize that all of a sudden, you know nothing um, about most things in, in business. So for instance, if you're employed as, let's say, a, a salesperson by trade, uh, and you decide that uh, you want to tell the boss to shove it and you've got a better idea and a better way of doing things um, and you go out and set up your own company, then one of the first things that happens is you realise that, hey, I may be quite good at selling, but now I've got to learn all about finance, um, marketing, management, recruitment, law, uh, IT, all of that other stuff which when you're an employee, there are other people in your team who, who are specialists in those areas. And you'll work together as a team to build, hopefully, an organisation which is doing something useful and, and good. And so when you go out on your own, the first realisation is, oh, my goodness, I am actually, I might be good at this one thing, but I'm pretty crap um, at, at all the others. Um, and that's when sort of, you know, uh, the honeymoon period sort of is worn off and you're sort of sat there by yourself going, right, now what? Yeah, so many, many people who, who, who can relate to that, that problem right there. And I imagine that's exactly where mindset comes in to just stick at it and do what needs to be done. Yeah, so you've got to be really open to learning. And entrepreneurship, it's, it's brutal uh, in terms of, you know, um, there's a saying, leave your ego at the door. And, and mm. it, you know, <laughs> that applies especially to, to entrepreneurship because one of the first things that does happen um, if you are to, to progress is first things first, you need to get real. And, and that happens very quickly, with, as I said before. The realities of what you're trying to do sink in and you realise that you're the only one there. And if you don't do something uh, or figure out something, then generally there's no one else who's going to make it happen. All right. Fascinating. Hey, thank you so much. That's Richard Liu, founder and editor of NZ Entrepreneur. If you have a question about this podcast or something you'd like me to look into for the future, come and talk to me about it. I'm on Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist and Twitter at Francis Cook. 
If you're not already subscribed to this podcast, get on with it. I'm on the Apple Podcasts app and iHeartRadio. Until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB.